Hey y'all, my name is Apollo Mighty, and right now I am right here. Right now I'm right here. I am joined today by my friend, my Aries sister, the gorgeous, super talented, super dope, uh, Reseda Cox. How are you, Miss Reseda? I look crazy, Apollo Mighty. You look gorgeous. Uh-oh. You always look beautiful. We always do this. <laughs> Thank you. I look crazy. I love the I'm right here right now. Yeah. That's so real. Sometimes you really gotta plant yourself because life be moving. Every I've started this practice now of every meeting. I don't care who I'm meeting with, what we're meeting about. When I'm sitting down to talk to somebody, I say, okay, let me get here. Because no matter what I've been doing five minutes ago, I need to like catch up and say, no, 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 let me plant myself. Because I think that shows a lot of respect, A, for the moment and the time and the person that I'm speaking to. And I've learned, I've learned so much just by being present in moments. Cause I don't know about you, but one of the major things that was messing me up when I was in school was that I couldn't focus. I wasn't trying to focus. I, I would be in a class and it could be something that I'm really interested in if I was thinking about something that happened at home or something I was trying to do later on, I didn't care what the teacher was talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And so just like on this process and this journey of learning more about myself, I'm like, yeah, bro, you really don't like to be still, whether that be physically mm-hmm. or mentally. So I'm like always oh, kind of over the place. So it's my yeah. way of kind of counteracting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I'm the same way. Yeah, you mentioned you've been kind of all over the place today. You've been running around. Yeah, so um, my birthday's on Sunday, as you know. Yes, I do. And, I, do. Um, I just got off of a, so I guess I'll have to explain what I do since it's a podcast. Um, yes, I, yes. my cat is behind my computer, like pushing the screen. He is so funny. So um, funny. I'm so a freelance filmmaker. Um, and so I, I see a lot of different films throughout the year. Um, I just got off of a, a production that ate me alive. One thing that I've been struggling with is not losing myself when I'm on, sh- like when I'm shooting. Mm. Uh, and this this past project was particularly bad. I don't really want to talk about it, that the details of the project, but I was just waking up. And as soon as I opened my eyes, you know, getting on my email, getting on calls and doing that until 2 a.m. for like seven days straight. And I, the result obviously was an emotional breakdown. Um, One of the things that I have learned not to do or that I have unlearned in quarantine is taking time to ease into my day. And so when I'm on film sets, it's harder to do that because your call times are early. There's a lot of stuff that needs to get done. Mm -hmm. And so right now, the lesson from this past couple of weeks is like trying to figure out how not to lose myself in work. but to also be able to pour myself into my own projects the way that I pour myself into other people's projects. Like yes. when I'm, when I'm um, hired as a producer. So, so yeah, um, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a week today. I wasn't running around in a bad way. It's been kind of like self-care running around of like going to get my hair washed and dyed, mm-hmm. uh, which is why it's wet right now. Cause that's how much I be running. I left the salon. She was like, you don't want to wait for it to dry. And I was like, no, I gotta go. <laughs> 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 yeah. So mm-hmm. it has been a day, but I'm like, 
Apollo, I just love you so much. And Chicago has just blessed me with so many great adult friends. Because let me tell you some honey, girlfriend, a lot of people do not make lasting friendships as an adult. It is very hard. Very difficult. Very, yeah. very difficult. And I feel blessed because not only have I made lasting friendships with some of the most amazingly talented people, but I'm seeing their growth. Like I've seen your growth from, you know, just like, yeah, I'm in school, I'm hustling, I'm a poet, you know, boo out the bell. But now you're like, no, 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 no. I am a producer. Okay. Everybody understand <laughs> that that's on, you know, it's here, it's monogrammed. And um, I've seen you blossom like as a person, like holy. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm always just so grateful of the path that my life has taken me down. Um, I always tell people like you and Ro were like two of the first people that like, I actually connected with in the city and tried to foster a great relationship. And yeah. you made it, you made it so easy. Like it's so easy to like want to be your friend. You know what I'm saying? Oh, thank you, Apollo. I remember our high park days. You used to come over for oh, dinner. Man. Having a bad day, just stop by. Yeah. I miss living in High Park. Wow. You know, my friend Brendan actually just moved. You know Brendan, don't you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He just moved to High Park like a few months ago. And I went by his apartment and I was like, man this used to be just all I needed. I just to go into, my, it was everything. It was the spot. Yeah, you done moved up to, to a deluxe apartment in the sky. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to come on down out the sky though. I'm ready to get to something. Oh, you don't like South Louis? No, Why don't. you don't like it, Apollo? Why? Mm -hmm. I realized that I don't like a whole lot of congestion and I don't like a whole lot of noise. Oh, you in the thick of it. I'm right here. And I, I mean, and it's cute. Like the, the view is beautiful and the company is great. But it's just, when I walk out of my front, first off, I don't want to have to talk to somebody every time I get ready to go outside. And I have to talk to at least two people to get to the front. I don't have to, but I, I'm, a, I'm yeah. Southern. Like, so I, yeah. I say hi to everybody. And it's just, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm a, I'm a lot simpler. You know, I'm like, okay, all I need is a front, a front and back porch, cool, boom. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. That, well, I want to move to West Loop. Now West Loop is really nice. We just had dinner and brunch the other day, the other day there, and it was gorgeous. Yeah, I want to move to West Loop because the West Loop is still like downtown, but you get a little. They got grass. It's yeah. not the South Loop. Yeah. Have you found that? Because I know you've moved and, and all this stuff and you talked about the transitions that you've had over the years, like in Chicago. How yeah. have like some of your moves geographically shaped how you view yourself and shaped how like your process of working looks? Ooh, very good question. Um, I miss Hyde Park. I say that so sincerely because Hyde Park is just black um as many places in chicago are but like high park is like the black bourgeoisie hunt mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. uh, the elders are having brunch at yeah. free on sunday you know what i'm saying like i love that and that used to inspire me um and moving out of high park because that was my starter neighborhood when i first got here moving out of high park and now i'm in rogers park my neighborhood is diverse um in that rogers park is a community of immigrants for the most part 
Um, and I love that. I love hearing different languages in the grocery store. And I miss that little black hub that was Hyde Park. So yeah. um, in Hyde Park, I live with a partner, my ex, Rowan. Um, here I live by myself. So it, it's definitely different. It has been a year of forced contemplation, whether you like it or not. So, Say that. Say that. <laughs> I have been very reflective. Um and yeah time alone and in time very far away it feels like from all of my friends sometimes living on the north side it's shown up in in my work but it has also forced me to slow down so now i i move a little bit slower or i mm -hmm. like to when i'm not when i'm not working <laughs> what's interesting is and again this is um, from the outside looking in you've always seemed very methodical to me <laughs> you've always seemed very intentional and you've never I've never I would never have described you as like an aimless person how has that changed or become more of the case in this last year because you said you've been um more what was the word uh, introspective so how has that changed in the way that you look at your yourself and your own like go-getter attitude yeah um I I appreciate that because I work very hard and sometimes it's to my own detriment. <laughs> I work too hard, but um, I don't know. I just feel like it's ingrained in me because, you know, growing up poor is not fun and you don't want to be poor no more. So you just kind of get to it. Um, but I have learned to slow down and I, I, in hindsight, I know that I used to work so much and was so methodical and just always hustling because I was running from time with myself because I had some demons I didn't want to deal with um, or didn't know how to deal with them rather. Mm -hmm. And then um, I finally got the tools to do so like starting therapy um, last year. Like I started therapy um, March, 2020. So as soon as outside closed, I had one session in person and then the rest of them have been online. And so like, just, I have the tools now to slow myself down. The person I'm dating now, um, moves ridiculously slow, like in a, in a good way in that he takes his time with things. And it's, it seems like there's always a trend where I have to date someone who moves slower than me. Cause two fast moving people going to cause a wreck. I'm trying but, to um, literally so like he slows me down too like the other night when I was still on this shoot my phone my phone was buzzing non-stop for five days straight when we were in production just zzz, off top I'm either on the phone answering a text message answering an email when we get in bed at 11 o'clock and my phone is still going and he like grabs my phone he's like and we're gonna put this over here <laughs> and I was like thank you I needed you to do that because I would have mm -hmm. kept right on answering <laughs> the emails <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm going to say, I think from hearing that story, one of the biggest things that I take away is like how crazy and great that it is to hear that you allow somebody to do that. Because there's a point, you, I'm, I feel like there's a point that you would have been like, yeah. actually, I'll let you know when I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, that's the part of like, you know, spending time with yourself and dealing with your demons. Like I know, uh, I know myself so well. And I know that um, I I sometimes need an outside force to slow me down. For sure, for sure. Yeah. It's interesting because you talked about 
sitting with yourself and facing demons, I've been kind of on that same thing, especially the last few days. And um, I don't know if I told you, but I'm completely sober now. And everything comes full force. Like I can just be chilling and I can hear a song or think about something and then a whole floodgates of regrets and resentments come pouring in. And without the grounding techniques that I've learned in therapy, without straight up having really good friends and mm -hmm. a partner who I can go and be like, hey, this is what's on my mind right now. I don't really know where I would be because my go-to was always, I'll just escape. Mm -hmm. but there is nowhere to escape to and I'm finally at that point now where it's like I don't really want to escape myself mm -hmm. what was your process like with that and because I mean people we've talked about oh well you, you couldn't go nowhere so you had to face your demons I mean people have still found ways of not dealing with themselves oh, oh that's them. real but my whole so my I just had to grow up um in that I've always been really mature but the thing the thing that really got me to want to fix myself is that I had started freaking out because I want children. And I started freaking out because I was like, I, I don't have a good model for parenthood. My parents mm. aren't necessarily great parents, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so I'm afraid I'm going to completely have a child and screw them up. And so I felt like I owed it to my unborn child to go to therapy before I fucked them up. You know what I'm saying? So like, I was just like, let me deal with some of these things because I... I started to realize things about myself that I, I now see as trauma responses. I didn't have that language back in the day. Yes! So I have that now, and now I know what it is. And and so, like, me working all the time and having 10 jobs all the damn time and, like, not and going so fast so that I don't have to, to listen to my own thoughts. And then also me um, being able to just, like, turn my emotions like that. Regardless, I can go from, like, happily in love to like nigga get out of my face very yeah. quickly and that's not normal I had to realize that and where that was coming from and so yeah just being honest with myself was the process was like finally you know stopping and realizing that if I didn't I owed it to my unborn children I owed it to my future self For to sure. myself all the tools possible to like exhaust all avenues you know what I'm saying? Because I hadn't really tried long-term therapy. Um, I had gone to a couple of therapists and had a couple of sessions, you know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. I was like, let me commit to it to, for a year. Mm -hmm. If I don't like it after a year, I gave it a solid try. You did. That's what I did. So That's so dope. I mean, you said, you said that it's one of those things that, um, I'm trying to remember exactly what you said, but you said that it's not normal but the thing is that in our day and in our society and our culture, leaving people because you, you, you have a visceral reaction to something that they do is so normal. Mm -hmm. Like neglecting children because the children don't know how it is that you want them to respond and treating children and like treating people in general away based on internalized trauma that we have within ourselves is such the norm. And stepping away from doing that is it's such a hard thing and i don't yeah. think people like give give themselves enough credit when it comes to working on themselves because mm. it's a difficult thing it's a very yeah. difficult thing yeah you gotta face a lot of hard truths like mm, was i the yeah. problem 
<laughs> and that's and you know that's the thing too is like I've um, been looking at some of the shit that happened to me as a kid and I was just like wow some of this shit I had forgotten about I was like that wasn't even a problem it was stuff that is fucked up and I've told my therapist and I was just like say it real quick and keep on talking about something else and she's like whoa 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 mm-hmm. yeah. let's talk about that real quick because you just and, I, and I'll break it down. And before I know it, I'm crying in this therapy session because I didn't realize that there's so much trauma bottled up in this one trauma response. Like we're both Aries. And that's one thing I love about our relationship because I can see you. I used to be able to look at your face. And I'm like, not that one, not those words. <laughs> I'm gonna put somebody out. I'm like, okay, everybody. So let's just, let's just stop. Let's just think about what we're doing here. But my anger would come off the cuff so quick and my mouth was so smart for so long. And I didn't think shit about it. I'm just like, oh, I'm quirky. I'm witty. But Mm -hmm. no, it's because I grew up in an environment where all I had was my words because I was sometimes afraid of like physical retaliations against me. Mm. I learned how to talk. I learned how to talk down my aggressor really quickly. Mm-hmm. so that I could like stay safe like my mouthpiece has always been something really yeah I've, I've had to use it I've had to use it all my life and I feel like you're the same way um I, I don't know exactly how it must be but I'm sure it's different as a black woman also from the south like learning how to mold like your words and your verbiage like how is it like how has that changed in Especially like now that you're like in a professional setting and you're working all the time and you're dealing with your own stuff. Like, how is it like learning how to speak on behalf of yourself and advocate for yourself, but still also doing it in a more enlightened way? Ah, oh, um, I don't give a fuck about these white people. I don't give a fuck about these white people. I my code switch for you inside of a classroom in person, but I'm not gonna code switch from my couch. I am home these days and have been for a whole year. Mm -hmm. So all folks I gave went out the window as far as like, how do I, um, you know, advocate for myself and just constantly speak up for myself? Because it used to be something, I think we all as black people have to learn. we have to learn our boundaries. We have to learn, first of all, that white people will push you to the ultimate edge. Yep. Um, if you allow them to. And then, you know, some of your black coworkers will do that as well because mm. they've internalized all these systems of oppression. You just gotta pray for them, okay? Yeah. But um, aside from that, yeah, I think that I only when I when I'm making an internal decision, if I'm going to let somebody like talk to me crazy or say something wild racist, if I'm gonna check them and educate them, if I'm gonna yell at them, if I'm gonna be quiet, when I'm trying to decide how to to respond to something, um, be it in a professional mm-hmm. setting or just out and about, you know what I'm saying? I always remember the moments I did not advocate for myself. I don't right. I don't get hung up on the moments that I did. I have no regret there. I regret when I didn't. Right. And so like just coming off of this last shoot, some people thought they were about to talk to me crazy. No, you're not. I don't care if it's the norm that this is just the workplace environment for production. I don't care. One an older white lady tried to tell me, well, I've had cups of coffee thrown at me back in my day. It's gotten a lot better. I don't care how far you've come. 
I don't care who threw a cup of coffee at you. <laughs> you ain't throwing no cups of coffee over here. You're not even going to get that far. No. Because <laughs> I'm going to stop you before you even get there, okay? So, like, yeah, I think that um, capitalism has us consumed with work. And we are all replaceable. And yeah. so, at the end of the day, all you got is yourself. And ain't, ain't nobody going to advocate for yourself like you. Mm. So you just gotta you gotta look after you first and foremost have your goals of what you want long term changed or modified based on this last year yeah I think so uh, a little bit um everything for me like spirit guides me to a place like Mm. to a point where like all everything that I do whether I know it or not in that moment has been um, like building up to where I am now. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like sometimes I've, I've went a certain way and of course I'm like planning and, and, try, and, and being strategic as far as like professional decision. But I can only like, it's just crazy how much that one decision impacted my whole like life events. Yeah. Um, so I, I say that to say um, I accidentally became an entrepreneur in the, <laughs> the fucking pandemic um, in that I never really had plans on doing running my own production company. Mm-hmm. But um, in the past year, I've just noticed that I can. Yeah. So it's just like, um, okay, I guess I'll do this. <laughs> I can't believe you never, th- I honestly, that's surprising to me because I would have thought that was always your main goal to be like, okay, I work for y'all white people for like a good solid three or four years. And then it's just going to be on to my own. Thing. No, that was never my goal. I always said like, I want one job with a salary, some benefits. Cause like this Look. freelancer thing is, is a, it's a juggling act for real. Um, yeah. So I never, I never uh, aspired to open up my own company. What my goal is now, like my my long term goal, and this is kind of a new one um, in the year, in this past year as well, because this past year taught me that like I can literally make anything happen that I want to. Like, yes. like I've never set out to do anything and build. Everything that I've set out to do, I've succeeded. Um, and so, like, I want to open up like a youth media center in my hometown because I teach at this mm. youth media center on the west side and it's just like they have a Mac lab and an audio booth and like young black men be like recording their little rap uh, mixtapes back there and I just love it and I'm just like we didn't have access to this like in rural North Carolina so um, that's one of my goals like in the next five to seven years because I also have been talking about like moving back to North Carolina but that's on hold. We'll see about that. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like I'm giving you really long answers. I hope you can edit this into No, something. no, no. This is perfect. This is, is this is every conversation I've had has been exactly what I wanted and didn't even know it. You know what oh. I mean? I didn't yeah. put I didn't I don't have a whole lot of and that's one thing about my transition is the rig, the rigidness that I came into life with or that I've been operating with, I've taken all this shit off. Mm-hmm. You know, I want people to be fully who they are around me. I want people to feel a, a sense of freedom around me because I need to feel free around other people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think I think that the pandemic had an impact on creatives in a way 
like you said, we are able to start seeing ourselves in different lights, in different ways, seeing ourselves like seeing our names on the shit and not like, okay, I'll just do it for somebody else. But it is a huge gamble. It is like a, a whole thing. So how do you kind of deal with, I don't want to say that stress, but like, how do you kind of deal with the whole uncertainty of that? Um, wow. Like in, in the questions you're asking, I'm realizing just how much, um, my thought process has shifted about certain things, but, um, it's fun, ain't it? Yeah, it's, it's really fun. Um, I deal with that by knowing that every time that I get worried about money or like where my next gig is coming from or, um, how I'm going to achieve something or do something like my, my, my call is answered. Mm -hmm. Like every time I'm just like, damn, if I don't get another gig, like if someone don't hit me up this month, I don't know how I'm paying rent. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then like an email will come that next hour. And it's just like, look at you worrying. I haven't applied to a job in two years. Jobs just come to me now. Like, right. it's just like, I have to remind myself that every time. Cause we all, I mean, as creatives and trying to like make money off of your, your art or your like practice is like scary because like, you can have a really good month where you're getting booked and you're busy. And then you can have some, you know, three months in a row where you have done no work. You've touched no projects. Like right. no one's paid you any money and the savings account is getting low. So it, it does ebb and flow. I think that I just, have to remind myself that like I have all I have always made it work mm -hmm. you just gotta trust yourself and it's been working for you I think the fact that you the jobs keep coming in for you is evidence again going back to all that work and all that grind that you were putting in and you didn't know that it was manifesting for you opportunities to just sit back and let jobs come and come for you but the universe has already like tested you and said and seen okay no she wants this mm -hmm. and so and I feel like the universe talks to the people who are willing to talk back mm -hmm. not just with words but with actions so for sure there have been times where I'm like I don't see how a sh how any of this is gonna pop off and then somebody's like do you want to sing at this show and then I'm meeting this person and then I'm meeting this person and I'm at this studio session so now I'm writing for this person and it's just like a whole thing that it's faith you know yeah. I never I've never like we don't talk about faith enough in a in a in just a practical sense faith is can actually be just one of those things that you develop over time mm -hmm. and I think it's just so beautiful to see again I'm just gonna I'm always say it but black creatives stepping out on faith the faith that like our ancestors had that we would one day be able to benefit from and walk in now mm -hmm. and it's, it's planting the seeds for the next generation because that's one thing too um i love hearing how you're you're making plans not only for the people in your neighborhood and the people in your community but for your future children too mm -hmm. you know i think that's so beautiful what's one thing about yourself that you're like surprised about right now that has surprised you um, that I, oh, I've been saying this 
I am so empathetic. I did not know that. I did not know that whole time. I thought I was just this hard, cold-hearted, like axe murderer. And like, I don't no. give a fuck about y'all's feelings. And then I was just like, throughout this past year, I've been like crying in the shower, just sad because mm because strangers are dying. I've never met these people. Like, I'm just mm. sad all the time. Um, and then I, I, I'm pleasantly surprised at my ability to um, just like navigate, navigate emotions now. Cause like, I typically would just like store my emotions somewhere and push them in the back of the cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, but can uh, I show you my cat? Because he is so- Oh my dumb. God, please. He just that on the table. He's so. Cardi became a became a thing. You said what? I was there when Cardi became a thing. You were. You you've watched him grow up. He's a big cat now. He's huge. He's a very large cat. He acts like a dog. I saw this video about people like it's it was seventeen things. No, that's way too many. It was like five things that you didn't know about cats, and I think one of them was like. Cats don't know how to smile. Like their face structures. Oh aren't. yeah, they don't have enough muscles. Right. So like when they do like the whole blinking thing at you, that's their yeah. idea of smiling. Uh yeah. Oh, I love my cat. He's so sweet. <laughs> that's where it started, though. That's where you. I feel like if you could go back in one moment and start noticing when a big change was happening, you getting that cat was when your, <laughs> when your soft side started coming out. Like, look at this cat. <laughs> true <laughs> for me from the outside looking in because i was like I, was, I would have never thought you would have got a cat and next thing i know you just like i love this little cat <laughs> big cat that's not a little cat he's my little baby he's my little baby he's so mean look at him <laughs> yeah oh, man so what's for, so what's next for your journey? I mean, what is it that you want out? Because we talked about your end goal and, and so on and so forth, but what does that look like now practically? What's the next step for you professionally, mentally, spiritually? Like where do you want to go? Yeah, get down, fat cat. Um I uh, I want to finish Freedom Hill, which is my short doc. I want somebody to give me the money to do it. Yes. I would like to spend the next uh, six months finishing it, the following three months premiering it, and then the next three months developing my next episode because I'm turning it into a series. Mm-hmm. I want someone to give me money to do all of these things. So mm-hmm. that is the plan. Um, I just want to like, just be able to like um, pay people what they're worth because Freedom Hill has been definitely a collaboration project um in that people people donated time for this movie to be made because i did not have the money to pay them what they were worth um so so yeah i'm just like hoping that it turns into what i imagine it to be i'm really worried um slash anxious because it's passion project and i care deeply Mm -hmm. and i have a vision and when you have a vision you're trying to execute. And if you, like, we're very self-critical. If you don't execute it well, you know, <laughs> you're back yeah. to the drawing board. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of like what's what's going on. 
what's happening. Um, in the meantime, like just like working on other people's projects, um, making movies with my friends. My good friend Ashley premiered um, Unapologetic this past year, uh, which is a feature length doc. And um, Ashley, I hmm? do I know this? Probably. It's a, it's a, it's. I mean, they've they've done pretty well. It has. Wow many places but Ashley and I um just became kind of close in the past month honestly this past project we were on kind of like brought us a little bit closer but she's starting another film project may potentially um help her with that you know so just everybody do their project ideas and we all just help each other complete them <laughs> I will definitely need your help on producing some stuff for my new one um but that's like a whole different conversation. And I'm always a little hesitant to hit my friends up. I know it's not, I know it's weird, but I'm always like, I just feel like everybody's so busy and you actually do be like busy, busy. I do, but I be trying to make time for like family projects. Like my my best friend from fifth grade, her husband called me a couple of days ago talking about he want to do a film. And I'm mm. like, okay, Davon, here's what I can do. Right. <laughs> so like, I be trying to make time for it. Cause I don't ever want to get so busy that I don't have time to help people with the things that I've learned. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's whack. What was your point in learning all of that then? So right. I feel that. I think for me, all I want is to go to Hyde Park and eat jerk by the river by the lake i'm down for that hit That's me all up. i need because like one of your pictures one of our pictures came up in my little what do you call it like memory memories yes and i was like oh shit and it was just me and you just down by the lake smiling smiling and yeah well, the, sun is, the weather is back good i'm i'm so grateful Cause this winter was hard. It was, it was cold. It was brisk. Ugh. It was a hard one. Listen, and I always tell everybody how much I love the winter and I love the snow, but I have to remember that I don't be out there in it. When it gets cold, I be indoors. Like yeah. I, I take lifts and Ubers everywhere. So you know what they call that what money, money teams privileges. That's what, they call that. That's what it's called. It's called blessings. Cause a guy will give you what you need. <laughs> that, that ain't that the truth. <laughs> Christine, I'm so glad you decided to do this. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. This was fun. Yeah, man. Um, What's your timeline? When is it gonna come out? Uh, well, hold on. I'm gonna. Well, yeah, I can edit this later. But um, so I wanted to have 25 episodes already like done, so that I didn't have to keep worrying. I didn't want to have to get behind. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, and so far I'm at 19. So Ooh, okay. we're going to start releasing June 1st. Okay. Yeah. So, and I think they'll be either every week or every other, probably every week. I just want to do this. This well, is so much fun for me. I'll pick you up so you don't have to move your car. See, that's why I like you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? row <laughs> you talking got, tomorrow tomorrow at three o'clock and then i have one with uh, amira amira was supposed let me actually end this thing thank you so much for being here with us Rosita. tell everybody where they can find you on ig at 
poet, P-O-E-T, Resita, R-E-S-I-T-A, Cox, C-O-X. I'll make sure I put all that in the link at the bottom of the episode. Thank you so much for coming. I love you. Love you. Right now, right here. Right now, right here. You've been listening to Right Now, Right Here with Apollo Mighty. I'd like to thank you, my guests, and my sponsors for making this possible. If you have any questions or suggestions for guests or topics, send an email to apollo at apollomighty.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. I'll see you next week for another episode of Right Now, Right Here. This is the part that I hate the most. I really want to go, but I'm staying right.